scientists are getting closer to a potential official early earthquake warning system. GNS scientists have been using a smart tech sensor system in real time in some of the country's larger recent earthquakes with good results. The Finder sensor system rapidly estimates the extent and location of earthquakes, such as the recent Porongahau and Geraldine events. The technology detects P waves before the more damaging S waves arrive soon after. It is, of course, yet to be tested real-time on a major earthquake. Dr Jen Andrews from GNS Science is one of those who've been using it. Uh, Morena, Jen, thanks for talking to us. Good morning. Kia ora. Good morning, Catherine, and thank you for the invitation to be here. Now, Finder or Finder? Finder. Finder. There you yeah. go. Uh, tell us how <laughs> it works. Uh, yes, sure. So, um, Finder is a tool for rapid earthquake characterization, as you've mentioned. So we're in the middle of a multi-year program here at GNS. It's called the RSET program, or the Rapid Characterization of Earthquake and Tsunami. And we've been testing and sort of standing up to work in real time, a whole suite of tools for uh, rapid characterization. Finder's specialty, Finder is one of these tools. Its specialty is in characterizing the spatial extent of an earthquake rupture. So it's uh, in real time receiving all the data from our network of sensors and coming up with a picture of just how long uh, or, and, and where this earthquake is. So up until about a magnitude six and a half, we can treat earthquakes as points on a map. That's the picture that we're all familiar with seeing. But above a magnitude six, so those big sevens and eights, we can be rupturing tens to hundreds of kilometers of fault. And it's really important for us to know as soon as possible where that sort of spatial extent is, because that's how we understand the impact. So our distance to that fault rupture is what's controlling how strong we shake, we've shaken uh, and for how long. So finder's specialty is in getting that very rapid picture, so within seconds or minutes, of just where that rupture has occurred. It's also designed to uh, take a series of snapshots as that rupture evolves. So that rupture may take uh, a minute, maybe two. Um, and this tool allows us to see how it evolved through time. That's really important, that direction that that rupture took, because it's pushing energy preferentially to, towards some places during the earthquake rather than others. And again, that gives us a much clearer picture of where that impact, where that damage is potentially greatest. How many sensors are there, Jean, around the country? So the GNet network has around uh, 500 sensors at the moment, um, but it's a really uneven distribution. So we have a lot of sensors in our urban areas trying to protect those. So Christchurch and Wellington, for example, far fewer in sort of the more remote regions. Now, it does this mapping, the 2D map uh, image, and does it do that auto automatically? No human intervention. It simply takes the data and the computer produces the map. Absolutely, yes. So okay. we stood it up to work fully automatically. Finder was written as an earthquake early warning tool, so it's designed to work without people as quickly as it possibly can. And obviously it happens very quickly. It detects the two waves. How much time between the first and the second, you know, how much practical warning yes. does it give? Sure. So um, the... The intention, obviously, is to detect and to characterize the earthquake as quickly as possible. Um, for some of the recent earthquakes that we've been uh, using the tool on here in New Zealand, you mentioned events like the uh, Geraldine earthquake and, and the Methven one just a, a couple of days ago. It makes that first detection around uh, 13 or 14 seconds after the earthquake has started. Um, 
if you are sat right on top of an earthquake, um, the, the S wave arrives very, very quickly as well. Um, it depends on how far away you are from, from the event nucleation as to how much time separation there is between those PNS waves. Um, but the most that an earthquake early warning system could give you would probably be up to uh, a minute of warning. And that's sort of in an ideal case. So earthquake early warning technologies do have their limitations. Um, and I should stress that here in New Zealand, we're not standing up Finder at the moment uh, just for earthquake early warning testing. Um, it's going to be a, a really valuable tool for our response scientists in the form it's currently in, but it is also allowing us to sort of test the capability, see what the performance is like with our current network and what potential there may be for earthquake early warning in the future. What happened then in the case of these recent, you know, decent-sized quakes, um, you, ones where uh, yeah. certainly we were on the phone to mayors saying, how are you? So they were well felt. What, what, were, what yes. were some of the performance results? So uh, Finder in, in real time is performing uh, very nicely in terms of getting that uh, initial location, getting a magnitude for us. As I say, these aren't really big enough to test the full capability of this Finder tool, which is interested really in uh, those magnitude seven and eights when that fault extent becomes really significant. So think about the, the magnitude 7.8 Kaikoura event where it stretched all the way along that coastline and heading towards Wellington. That's when this tool really has power. But certainly um, during these recent events, we've been really uh, reassured by their performance because this is a tool that's been tested previously in the US and in Europe, for example, it's running as part of operational systems there. And they have a very different tectonic environment to ours. So there are some challenges that we've been uh, looking at during testing as to how it performs in our, our own New Zealand context with our complex tectonic systems. We've got weird uh, geology and of course we've got so many faults, uh, faults that uh, can trigger other faults and, and is that uh, more complex than, than most, most or many other places? It certainly is. In terms of the both the, the tectonic complexity that you've been describing, we've got these subduction zones, we've got plates diving down beneath others, we've got this huge number of onshore crustal faults, we have all this offshore hazard as well, as we know with the, the Kermadec arc. And all of that can really challenge a tool like Finder that's trying to use quite a, a simple methodology so that it can work very, very quickly. Uh, but we need to make sure it's robust in our setting. So that's part of the, the ongoing testing that we're doing. Are you able to simulate it in a larger quake? Clearly, no one wants another one any time soon. We've had our fair share lately. <laughs> but are you able to simulate what would, would happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, so one of the one of the tests that we've been running is with some of our bigger historic earthquakes. So we can replay uh, the data as it would have come in during real time through these tools, through the Finder tool, to see how it might perform. And I think a really good uh, explanation for for the 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 value that these tools bring is when we replay an event like the 2016 Kaikoura magnitude 7.8 event. Um, so. That uh, that event, that earthquake, started down towards uh, the south, so the end of the rupture, so down towards Christchurch. And in real time, all we knew was this dot on a map that was down towards Christchurch. So if you, at 
if you were making a response decision at that time, if the seismologists were trying to give sort of emergency managers uh, situational awareness, they would probably say, right, concentrate your efforts down there. We know something's happened. But the finder tool, within a couple of minutes, so within about 90 seconds, it's telling us that this earthquake has ruptured up towards the northeast and it's pushing energy towards Wellington. And we know there are going to be significant impacts all along that Kaikoura region and into Wellington. So it's adding a lot of uh, value in terms of the scientific information that our response scientists can provide. We can also put that into tools like the Shaking Layers tool that's uh, now available on the GNET website that gives people that spatial map of where shaking has been and how intense it's been. Um, and so we can get that information out to the public as well, as well as to our response scientists to give them a, a clearer picture of what has just happened. It's the obvious question is how it will be used and will it be by responders, civil defence responders, being able to get a, a, a much earlier indication of location and likely scale of damage or will it get to the point where we might be able to have early warnings uh, sent to uh, sent out to uh, citizens in, a, in advance of, of a quake. Is is that a, a possibility in the future? That's certainly something we are uh, investigating. I think New Zealand is very much at the beginning of its journey towards understanding earthquake early warning potential here. Um, as I've already said, I think there's huge value in all of the tools that this RCEP program is standing up in terms of providing situational awareness in those critical minutes and hours after an earthquake. Um, but in terms of earthquake early warning systems, they are... They're big integrated systems. They require a collaboration between science, and that's something that not just GNS scientists, but other scientists across New Zealand are working on to understand. But also our civil defence, our emergency management partners, uh, our social scientists in terms of uh, providing education and information on the, the power of earthquake early warning and its limitations critically. Um, so we're just at the beginning of this journey, I think, of understanding what is needed. Is our sensor network up to scratch? Do we need more investment in infrastructure? Um, we're doing all the science research. What about an alert pathway out to stakeholders, out to technical users, out to the public? So there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth remembering that earthquake early warning is just one technology that we hope helps mitigate impact and we see that in countries like Japan and Mexico um, but it's not a cure-all it's not a silver bullet for these very no. damaging Look, it, uh, it can determine perhaps where you put yourself there's someone just texting in here family and I caught in January first quake in Japan were super surprised to get a warning in English on phone before quakes only 15 seconds warning so just enough time to cause a bit of panic this person says but equally perhaps right. to put yourself in, in what you would believe to be the best uh, position. Um, the Android phones, of course, are already uh, endeavouring this, but but I'm I'm digressing. I know from the the main point of the work you're doing at the moment, Jen. You've also um, you've also alluded to these other uh, pieces of research that are part of the rapid response that you're working on, or the rapid characterisation of what's happening that you're working on. What are some of those other branches to this? Yeah, so we're also looking at um, things like geodetic data. So everyone's familiar with uh, the GPS technologies on their phone. So um, using technology similar to that in, in real time. And that's one tool that has the potential to really help us with tsunami hazard. We know in New Zealand we have significant offshore tsunami hazard. Um, so that's one 
another aspect to the tools that we're looking at and then a whole suite of others to help us understand the details of what happened uh, during a particular earthquake so which patches slipped perhaps more than others so where that energy may have been focused um, and the mechanism which moved potentially which faults moved so there's a there's a whole uh, suite of tools and I think that's uh, an aspect of science that we always have these um, many different uh, tools and hopefully together they provide a great strength Thank you. during response. Thank you, Dr. Jean Andrews there from GNS Science.